George is just so much fun because, you know, we write stories and we can apply all of our creative skills that we've learned over, you know, 20 years in business to producing our own product that tells stories um, about how agriculture really is and makes it fun and inspirational for kids that are, you know, tied to the land that already have those connections, but then also educate those that that don't um, yeah, have any connection to where their food and fiber comes from. G'day and welcome to episode 66 of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. Saturday morning, so things are slightly different, but I guess this is the beauty of having lots of time to talk with absolutely incredible people. Today's guest is part of our Antola series, and we're sitting down with Simone Kane, whose career in agriculture actually started from a really young age in and around the livestock transport business that her parents ran from their farm. Now, Simone's turn, or I guess going into agriculture, was slightly different. She began as a website developer and graphic designer. But fast forwarding to today, Simone is well regarded as a passionate storyteller and educator. In 2014, she co-created George the Farmer, a brand which teaches children all about food and fibre and how it's produced. Simone, welcome to the Humans of Agriculture podcast. Thanks, Ollie. Now, Simone, I guess... Yeah, the a logical starting block um, to your story is actually your own childhood on the farm. So I'd love to know, yeah, the the passion about agriculture and connecting people was was this born out of yeah your your childhood or where did it come from? I think yeah, you know, I was always surrounded by ag as a young kid growing up on a farm, but also my parents had a livestock transport business, which they had from when I was born, and they ran that for about thirty years. So, and the, the actual truck depot was located right near our house. So we always had, you know, truck drivers and livestock agents and farmers popping into the house and in the yards all the time. We had multiple, I don't, I don't know how many dogs we'd have there at the time, um, you know, in the um, dog kennels. And I just loved animals, so I'd go and sit in the dog kennels and hang out with dogs and have a chat with them. Um <laughs> I wasn't probably heaps hands-on on the farm. Um, horses, we had, we did have horses when we were younger and we never used to ride them. And so Dad um, actually traded them in for motorbikes and I quite liked motorbikes more than horses. But, um, yeah, I was an animal lover. So I loved that part of the farm. But in terms of getting really hands-on, I probably really wasn't overly interested in it. I was more creative, I guess. So I, I was into drawing and things like that. But I guess that um, background with growing up on the farm and seeing mum and dad, um, you know, they're really hard workers in business, running their business for um, quite a while, you know, was an inspiration and I guess just um, became part of who I am. Do you think growing up around truck drivers and like, I guess there's farmers, but then there's the truck drivers and the bookkeepers and the business side as well. Did you see from a young age that, a career in agriculture was possible or yeah what not really no because I mean back then the only thing that was really spoken about as I mean yeah I, obviously I could see there were supply chains and um it was bigger than just people who worked on the land um but it still really was like if you're a farmer you're a farmer there wasn't really that much talk about um the rest of the supply chain and how that worked into the ag sector um and, yeah, so I guess I never really contemplated that I would end up being um, working in the industry, really. 
and that led you down the path of following the or pursuing the creative side of things in website design yeah so I went away to boarding school and then decided I wanted to be a photographer and so I moved back to the southeast South Australia where I'm from and um, decided to take a year off and in that year off I went to apply for a visual arts um, course just in my gap year and I had a look at the work that I've been producing in year 12 design and said oh you'd be much more um, suited for the multimedia course which I didn't even know what that was at that stage because the internet hadn't even really kicked off. What I was going to and, ask you, what, what is multimedia? <laughs> Could we just define that? <laughs> it's, it's different forms of media. So back then it was, you know, learning to do graphic design for print, um, websites, touchscreens, DVD-ROMs. That was a thing back then. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, you know, any, any form of sort of media. So, um, yeah, anyway, so I did that for a year and they actually offered me a traineeship in it. And so I was getting paid for doing work at the same time and then, you know, studying, at, at, you know, the other part of the, of the week. And I realised that I loved living regionally again. We, I always did love coming home. Um, I really didn't want to go back to Adelaide or try and move somewhere else to continue my career and someone suggested that I start my own business. So, um, yeah, I got into, well, I started my first business at 18, which was called E-Lift Media. I think that was the third name that I tried to get across the line. Don't ask me what it means. No idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, ran that for, for 10 years. And, and it was it was great timing doing that because, you know, I was young, I was female, um, I was having a go, I was in a regional location. So, I sort of ticked all those boxes for any support that was available and, um, yeah, and had a lot of support locally. And a lot of the clients that I worked for then were um, sort of, they were generally based retail at that stage because they were the ones that were sort of coming online um, to start off with. But then that gradually moved into doing a lot of um, work for businesses involved in primary industries like wineries and things like that. And when it came to doing, I guess, yet yeah, working with the, the primary industries businesses, did you still see, did you see yourself as part of the industry at this stage or did you still see yourself on the periphery? No, I still didn't see myself as part of it. Yeah. It wasn't really until, um, so in, uh, well, about 12 years ago, I was about to get married and have babies, uh, I assumed. And so I decided that I needed the backup of someone else to help me in business and um, I also had a server that I ran out of Melbourne so I hosted still host um, clients emails and websites and things and and I also created my own content management system so um, and that was before WordPress or anything like that so I would uh, had my own proprietary content management system that I'd set up clients websites on so they could do basically what you do with WordPress now Um, but because of that I needed the support of someone else to help run the business if I was going to be out for a little while. So Ben came along, my business partner, he was doing graphic design at a print house and we were sort of ended up collaborating on some jobs where I'd do the websites and stuff and he would do graphic design and it was just good timing. So we decided to create a new agency called Hello Friday Um, and um, yeah, it was sort of like after we were in business for a few years, that was when the idea for George the Farmer came about. We were sort of trying to work out how we could get into the app market um, and what ideas we could do. And the ideas we were coming up with were more focused around sort of like farm management um, apps, which at that stage there weren't any around. And um, while we were still, you know, this is when over the course of I don't know, probably six weeks or so, and that was when I came up with the idea for George because I couldn't find 
any um, farm picture storybooks that were telling sequential stories about life on the land. For my son, George, who was two at the time, and I was pregnant with twins, and I was worried about how, how he was going to cope with all of a sudden having, having two brothers added to the mix. And I just really wanted to find him something that he was going to fall in love with and help him keep him entertained at home while I was busy with his brothers. And because he was absolutely in love with the farm, my husband's a farmer, and he would go on the farm any time he, you know, opportunity he had, he would sit at the bench and read farm machinery, trading books and things like that checking out headers and tractors. Um, so I was trying to find him, yeah, something, you know, like this character and they're just, I couldn't find anything, any books or apps. And so I came back to Ben and said, look, I think we're still on, you know, the right track with doing something based with ag, but there isn't this human farming character globally. I think we should try and tap into that and create our own character. So that's where we ended up going, which I'm grateful for because I, um, I think the the organisations now that have been doing the farm management apps like, wow, what a massive effort <laughs> would have been such a different sort of kettle to try and tackle. But, um, yeah, and George is just so much fun because, you know, we write stories and we can apply all of our creative skills that we've learned over, you know, 20 years in business to producing our own product that tells stories um, about how agriculture really is and makes it fun and inspirational for kids that are, you know, tied to the land that already have those connections, but then also educate those that that don't, um, yeah, have any connection to where their food and fiber comes from. It's it's a fascinating area. I, I want well before we jump into George, I just want to ask. So you you've got a two year old on the ground, you've got twins on the way, and there you are chatting with Ben, going, "All right, let's create an app." How on earth do you manage all these things? <laughs> well, the idea the idea came earlier when I was pregnant but we yeah. sort of um I think it took a couple of years like it was 2002 when I had the twins September and then we launched it around mid 2014 so we did um you know take our time getting it off the ground and refining the illustrations and what George was going to look like like originally when Ben was drawing it the dog was looking like it was going to be a talking dog and then we yeah. decided to rein it in and make it sort of a bit more of real life and yeah Hi, I'm Pia, horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank, and I'm here to share our latest insights on Australia's vegetable market. Did you know in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported? Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production, and countries with low cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade, or reach out to me via the Rabobank Australia social media channels to learn more. Can I ask on the, I guess, yeah, actually going live with it all and, and bringing the characters and the story and I guess the brand to life was, were you chasing perfection in it in, in trying to refine the characters? Is that why it took so long or what was the, the well, whole up there? Probably just because I had three young kids. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I think, well, I had six months off when the twins came along. So yeah. yeah, they were born in September, 2012. 
So really, we probably didn't start getting cracking on the idea until end of September, end of 2013. So it took us probably 12 months. And then we developed everything um, ourselves, but we did have to employ a uh, app developer who well he was already working with us doing programming on our content management system anyway mm-hmm. but um yeah so you know it did take a little bit it was our first app that we developed and um and then learning how to launch that onto the app market and everything else that comes along with it yeah because it's, it's really interesting being at the front of a moving industry and a, i guess a time-bound industry this was all yeah. pre-instagram basically facebook was around and probably it hadn't been that long evolution between MySpace to Facebook. So uh, I guess things are moving very quickly. Mm. Did, was that ever a worry or were you guys kind of, were you able to focus in on what it was you were trying to do and you knew that there was a, I guess, a timeless opportunity? Yeah, I think I just saw Facebook at that stage and social media as a really amazing opportunity to get out there what it was that you're trying to push really. Um, there weren't really as many constraints, I think, with um, getting information out there as there is now. Like if someone followed a company, you'd get all of their updates, whereas it's a little bit different now. But um, no, I saw, yeah, social media as a really good opportunity to be able to get what we were doing about George, not just that nationally, but internationally as well. So once we started, um, and with the app market as well, um, because it was an international audience, you weren't just confined to being within the state selling, you know, retail in shops or nationally. You did have this massive opportunity to go internationally. And a, another question, because I'm, I'm, I'm just so fascinated. You, you're bringing in a new concept and a new way of thinking to people. How, how did you go? Like, because I guess there's, there's the tangible a- aspect that the book is something physical that people can see and understand, but this concept of storytelling of creating characters which yeah I guess showcase farming how did you go I guess getting industry on board to actually see the Simone and Ben vision of of what is possible and and this is where we're going and why it's important yeah so well it was I guess a bit tricky we I, I sort of approached it as looking at it from a marketing Um, perspectives you know I had to tell people about what we were doing and then how to sort of get people to come on that journey with us Um, so I've you know been on LinkedIn for a long time and I find I mean it's been amazing I think especially for agriculture um, but maybe for other industries but there are so many opportunities that pop up on there um, for people in ag and so you know a couple of things that have popped up on there I've jumped on board um, and joined whatever you know training or anything that I can see on there um but yeah it's been a pretty slow burn like it's been well it's been six years now that we've been doing George but um to start off with I and because we were doing the educational um side of George as well it wasn't just you know an inspirational character sort of telling funny stories about what happens on farms um what I did to start off with I reached out to the Primary Industries Education Foundation and I thought, you know, they were at this massive organisation and, um, you know, they would have limitless amounts of money to help support what we were doing. <laughs> anyway, I reached out and spoke to the then CEO, Ben Stockland, and, um, 
yeah, trying to see what sort of funds I could maybe drum up from them to help support us on our journey doing more educational things. And then I realised that they were actually the same as us and they were trying to find money as well. Um, but when I had this chat with Ben, I said, you know, oh, we also had this creative agency and we do video- videography and motion graphics and um, print branding work, whatever. And he's like, oh, well, actually, I um, need about, oh, I think he said about five videos shot on primary industries around Australia for some new resources that we're creating for schools. And I said, oh, we can quote on that if you like. And so anyway, he sent me through a little brief. I sent him back the cost to um, produce five videos. And then that ended up being um, turned into about 40 or 50 paddock to plate videos that we had to produce for Primary Industries Education Foundation. And so that really um, gave us a sort of roundabout backward leg into different industries within um, the ag sector, um, but also different contacts and um and not so much for George, but um, I guess personally, because, you know, I'd be speaking with Cotton Australia about producing the video and then speaking with the growers there and um, that we were going to be videoing and telling their story. And so, um, and, and for me personally, I learned so much about, you know, different industries and how things work within ag. So that, um, yeah, that was a one of those crazy little, you know, conversations that ends up sort of just taking you down the right path but you know for a different reason so um, ended up forming this fantastic relationship with primary industries education foundation um, and through creating the other resources for them learned a lot about the educational side of things and working with educational consultants who we work with to develop the educational resources that we have with george mm-hmm. um, so we have curriculum aligned educators guides for foundation through to year four and so the kids can learn about different areas of agriculture like we've just released um, five resources two on forestry um, one on apples one on dairy one on chickpeas so the kids can learn about all of those industries but then also while they're learning about science or um, engineering or maths as well in the classroom so it makes it really easy for the teachers just to download it and then go with it without having to do any other lesson plans that they can be teaching kids about ag at the same time. Yeah, um, it's, an, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you, I guess around the world, like, yeah, any scenario, agriculture can be used for other learnings. And I guess it's yeah, it's funny. You go from school to university and it's like chemistry, biology, ag, like ag as a subject was never really seen as a science, but then yeah. the stuff that we were covering crosses over into biology and then, all of a sudden yeah. you're at university doing an agriculture degree and it's like, oh, God, <laughs> thank God I did ag at school, but also biology or whatever it was because the the applicability of it was there's so much crossover across everything. And that's it. And it's, you know, the applicability, well, it's so relatable to kids. So it's mm. something that they actually um, pick up very easily and they're interested in because they do see food every day, even if they don't see what happens out on a farm, but they love machinery and you know, animals and things like that, whether they're boys or girls. So they do relate to that. Um, but, yeah, so PIFRA, I think, was um, a really good step in to get into the industry and showcase our skills, but not within George so much. But we learned a lot from that. And then from that, I sort of I saw an opportunity pop up on LinkedIn, which was for um, a Woolworths Ag Business Scholarship. 
Um, so I applied for that, not really thinking that I'd get in. Was, they were only taking 15 people from across Australia and New Zealand. And I still didn't really totally see myself in the ag uh, sector at that time. Um, but, yeah, I got in, which was great. Went to Sydney for a two-week residential, met all of these amazing people um, that were doing different things from being like fish scientists to uh, robotic dairy technicians to mango farmers, um, beef cattle farmers, uh, meat buyers. There was basically the whole gamut of different careers there and um, learnt sort of firsthand from all of the divisions in Woolworths how they operated and they took us to the markets and they took us out to growers and we saw technology and, um, yeah, I just it just inspired me. And I loved learning the back end of how supermarkets work as well. Um, I found that really interesting. Um, and then, yeah, talking to the, um, you know, the people that were, that were on, on that course as part of that course as well and hearing, you know, stories about what they do in their everyday sort of work and being inspired by their careers. And our third picture book was inspired by Robbie, who was on that, and he was a robotic dairy technician from WA and he was showing me and I had no idea. He opened up his phone and showed me how he could log log into his client's robotic dairies, you know, from anywhere in Australia on his phone. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Kids would love to learn about that. And so, yeah, the third story that we brought out was um, George the Farmer Ruby and the Dairy Dilemma. And basically there's a pooey cow that poos over the camera and they have to work out why she's got runny poos. (laughs) Ruby does because she's an agronomist um yeah so that was um yeah where the idea for that came from and that's the same with all of our books basically you know I'll meet people through my journey that will tell me something about their career and then that will go oh that's really cool um for kids to learn about and because agriculture is so diverse like there's limitless stories really that we can cover This podcast has been produced in collaboration with Antola Trading. Owned and designed in Outback Australia, Antola have always been known for making some of the best quality work shirts money can buy. But their latest collection is extra special. As you're probably well aware now, Antola's founder, Alicia McClymouth, has chosen 23 men and women who she sees are doing incredible things across regional and rural Australia as the Antola ambassadors. And... We're here to tell their story through the Humans of Agriculture podcast. Made from 100% cotton, the shirts are perfect for those long hours in the sun and a hard day's work. And what's more, with every purchase of their new season's kids shirt, Entola will donate $2 to the Ronald McDonald House charity in Brisbane to help those families who have to travel far in order to help sick kids. You can find out more at www.entolatrading.com. So you've talked about the Woolies Ag business um, program, which was there. And then, yeah, I guess, so George began in 2014. The Woolies program, was it, it came about in 2016, 15? Yeah, I think it was 15, yeah. What, what was the moment where you actually, like where the wheels were in motion and you're, because I guess, yeah, you've mentioned that you weren't sure. You applied thinking that, oh, well, I might get it, maybe, probably more so not. But I guess where the belief and self-confidence really started to lift and and you felt, yeah, kind of the, the wind in your sails as such? Um, yeah, probably after that, I think. Um, well, actually, it was, yeah, it was probably a combination of that and then 
on the Woolies Ag um, scholarship on one of the last days we had to go to the Sydney show to the RAS and um, hear about what they were doing because Woolworths were a sponsor of the RAS and um, I met with a few people there and told them about what we were doing and that I've for anybody who's been to the Sydney show, you would have no doubt been into the food farm. They get about 400,000 in through that area um, every year over the two weeks. And um, so they were always looking for educational sort of ag activities to go in there. And we, I had Ben and the person who was our George the Farmer coming over to Sydney um, when I finished doing the Woolies um, scholarship we had an event, one of our very first, that was in Wynyard Park at Sydney. I sort of dubbed myself into it to um, uh, Landcare. I thought it was a really cool like, event that they were doing and so I just sort of said, you know, like, can we come, can we do da-da-da-da? And so they agreed and um, we went over there for that. And so I told the RES people about this and they said, oh, we'll come in and we'll watch and we'll, you know, see what you're doing. And at this stage we just had, like our like our normal size picture books as part of our performance, and we had like I don't know three songs, two songs, like there was hardly anything, and they came along and watched, and they're like, oh, that was great, you know, da da da, and they said, oh, can you do a quote to come to the Sydney show next year? And I was like, oh yeah, okay, um, you know, um, how many days do you want us there for? And they said, oh, just you know, just send us your general quote. So I just sent through. A quote for um, I think it was just like two days or something, which was our usual sort of thing that we'd sent through. Well, it wasn't even usual because we weren't really doing it then. Um, anyway, and I didn't hear back from them, and for some reason, you know, I chased them up but didn't hear back. And then for some reason, I thought about them in February the following year and thought, you know, obviously we're not doing it, and it's the lead up to the show. I'll just send them an email and say, hey, um, good luck for the show, wishing you all the best, which I did. And then, yeah, I had this phone call about 30, 30 minutes later um, from them saying, you won't believe this, we've just had one of our major partners pull out from um, activating a 60-square-metre space at the show, can you come? And I was like, oh, sure, like just for one or two days. And um, they're like, no, no, for the duration. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Right, well, I'll just have to check with my husband and uh, Ben will have to check with his wife and, you know, we'll have to, you know, organise a few things and then I was like 60 square meters how big is that yeah. and then <laughs> yeah I had to work out how out. many <laughs> how many props we'd have to develop in like, the space of about a month and you know reprint books and actually work out a, a proper performance and so yeah we had to um, pull together this 30 minute show um which then they were like well how many times can you perform and I said oh like three or four can you do six yeah sure and so on that first year we did, yeah, six shows a day over two weeks straight and we basically, um, yeah, wanted to curl up in the fetal position and not get up. Um, and that happened was, a few times, didn't it, out, out the back of the stand? Yeah, yeah, we'd uh, go <laughs> hide behind the big curtain because, well, it wasn't just doing the shows. We Because we were activating the whole space, we were also there speaking with everyone the whole time from like, I, know, I think it opened at 8.30 or 8 o'clock until 6 o'clock that night. So, like, we didn't have any voices left. Ben was trying to sing and he had no voice. Like, it was, yeah, it was a massive learning curve. But we saw so many people, you know, over that course of the two weeks and seeing the kids getting up and dancing along to George the Farmer song. So we obviously had to write a few more songs and come up with dance moves and 
get a big book printed so that the kids could actually see what we were pointing out on the um, out of the book. And um, we sold a lot of books there as well, and um, picked up a lot of followers through social media from Sydney, which was amazing. So it really did sort of indicate to us that there was yeah this love for telling stories about farming and, and agriculture. So I think it would have been yeah probably after doing the Sydney show that first time and then they did invite us back um, the second time. And we've done some other pretty cool shows as well, like the um, the AFL Country Rounds. We've done that a couple of years. So we've oh, yeah. been able to perform there on the big stage and um, with Essendon say, I am now an, an, I'm now an Essendon supporter. No, I was you never... could have been <laughs> I was never any really football team supporter, but then after that, I was like, oh, these guys really get us. They get George the Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm an Essendon supporter. Um, and, yeah, George has been able to run out on the Oval, um, you know, during the AFL gra- game with Essendon and, um, and Skeeter, their mascot. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had some pretty cool experiences. Tell me, in terms of jumping on a stage and dancing and singing and, and putting yourself front and centre, does it come naturally to you or has it been, yeah, something? No, like- nah. At school, whenever there was drama, I was always at the back doing sound and lighting. I was never out the front. <laughs> and I'm actually, like, I am I'm outgoing, but I'm actually a bit of an introvert. Like, I really enjoy my own space. I work by myself every day. You know, I'm in an office here in Panola. Ben's in Mount Gambia. We very rarely actually see each other. Um, so, yeah, getting out on the stage, I think it, it is definitely not natural. Like I'm, and I don't think I'm heaps good at it or anything like that. But um, I've gotten better at it. Um, Ben's definitely a natural. Like he's a performer, so I just sort of bounce off of him a little bit and make out that I sort of sing along. But I don't project my voice because I don't really, I can't sing. So I just get along <laughs> with George. Well, so in the news this week, so one of the, the people wiggle, he can't actually sing. He told ah. everyone that he's been miming all these years. So yeah, there well, you go. There you go. But don't have to be. Must be what yeah. you do. Don't have to <laughs> sing. Yeah, I think that's what I, Every the... now and then I'll sing and Ben will be like, can you just turn down that mic a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to going on stage with George and, and I guess getting in front of, yeah, people to do one of these shows, do you find yourself really stepping into a different persona? Does, I guess, Simone change into a different character? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'd have to turn it up, I guess, um, as much as I can. Like I could probably ham it up a bit more, but I sort of, I really don't find it that natural. Um, but, yeah, I do. And I, I, don't know, I guess it's like anything really. When you're learning a new skill, you sort of. You Trip and fumble that. and off you go. Pretty much. <laughs> and that's been the whole journey with George really. It's just been like, oh, what do we do now? Oh, yeah, okay, we'll do that. We'll just learn how to do it, you know, as we go. I'd love to know, um, yeah, I guess your opinion, not so much whether George is going down this path, but do you see uh, the, the bigger and I guess more controversial conversations around food and, and I guess the environment, whether it's, yeah, plastics in the ocean and, and things like climate change and food waste, do you think that provides a real risk to agriculture or when it comes to the storytelling side, a real opportunity? I think it, there's an opportunity. Um to definitely tell both sides of what happens in agriculture because that is how our food is produced. Um, so, for instance, on our potato, uh, 
no, wheat video, we do show, um, you know, the crop being sprayed, which nobody really wants to see that, you know, wheat's being sprayed and that's what we eat. But that is what happens. Mm. Um, so, you know, we haven't shied away from that fact. Um, we're doing a region um, ag story next. So okay. that's sort of um, trying to weave in and make sure, well, through all of our stories, we do try and, um, you know, showcase ag as being innovative and um forward thinking and you know um because you don't want if you're telling the story you don't want people just to assume that it's people are doing things the same way that they have been doing for hundreds of years Mm. um so and regen ag i think is a lot of people have been doing regenerative ag um principles through their farming operations for many years like i mean we have on the farm but we've just never called it regen ag so a lot of We've been doing cell grazing and stuff like that for years. But, um, you know, I guess the average person who isn't involved in, um, you know, animal, animal production probably hasn't come across that information. So it's nice to tell that story where the reason that you're doing it is because you're trying to help the earth and, you know, make the land more fertile and so that you can look after it for future generations. So that's sort of the purpose of the next story to, yeah, sort of highlight some of those practices but with George in general we have been involved um, over the years in telling I guess um, or pointing out through social media some things that uh, haven't been great so I don't know if you remember uh, I think it would have been maybe three years ago I actually I went to this other I was invited to this other conference actually which was a bit of a game one of those game changing sort of funny moments it was called Junket and it was in Canberra and that was in 2015 or 16. And um, they invited, it was, so Junkie Media, they had magazines or Junkies, like online magazine, and they invited 100 people from right around Australia to come along to this um, unconference and they were in all different um, industries. And so um, I could go there and talk about agriculture and what I was doing, George, uh, but there were other people like there now who... Um, like the Deputy Lord Mayor of Sydney, she was there, but she was, you know, this, this is six years ago and she wasn't in politics then. I think she was doing the Vivid Festival or something like that. Oh, wow. um, Holly Ransom, who you would have heard of Holly Ransom, she was there, um, the producer of the project, or he was the producer of the project back then, but he was really young. Um, so there are all these young people from, you know, and so many of them that have stepped up to, um, I can't actually remember his name, but, you know, um, you'll know who I'm talking about, the guy who... Um, pushes non-meat meat um uh thomas king yeah he was there Mm -hmm. um and yeah lots of just yeah amazing young people doing different things yeah so and i met so the producer of the project there and so i kept in contact with him trying to see if i could get george obviously on the project and um he kept saying you know like people just and he was from a farm he grew up on a farm in victoria and he's like people just aren't interested in ag like unless it's something that's um you know, everybody else can relate to, they don't want to hear about it. Anyway, so I couldn't actually, I did end up getting a couple of little snippets on the project through him, but I couldn't really get a proper story up on there at that stage. But when there was, when there were things happening in um, ag that I didn't necessarily agree with, like the whole dairy debacle that really came out a couple of years ago, I did this post on um, social for George on Facebook saying, you know, how, 
bad it was for farmers and basically what they were getting paid and da 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 and it went viral on Facebook. And so I sent an email to Tom and said, hey, Tom, this isn't really anything to do with George, but I did push this through. George, this is really interesting. Is there anything that you can do on the project? And so that's when Wally did that massive big piece that, um, yeah, brought national attention to what was happening in the dairy industry. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So there's been and a couple of other things like that that we've, yeah, I guess helped try and push. But then at the same time, I'm a little bit reluctant to go too much into that political sphere because it is for kids. Mm, absolutely. Mm. And it's a... Uh... Yeah, it's not a good place to play, I think, once it's a, <laughs> it's a race to the But, bottom. you know, I guess it's the power of um, of having that platform, have it, creating a voice that it can be used for um, powerful and influential things, I guess, you know, if, if need be. For sure. One last question which I ask everyone who comes on the podcast is around... Um, you're going and talking to a bunch of year 10 students tomorrow and a bit of context. I, I just think year 10 is one of those years where people start to think about, yeah, what life's like beyond school. And, and I guess you start to really build expectations for yourself and, and pressure can start to come. So what would be some life advice you'd give to them? And why could a career in agriculture potentially be a good avenue of choice for them? Mm. I'm actually, I started up a little um, youth leaders group in town probably about five months ago. And so we meet every, um, well, every month, but we missed the last month. I've only got five kids in it, but they, um, the idea sort of is introduce them to people in a community so that if they do go and, you know, study away or go and end up working away, they still have that connection, strong connection back to the community so that they hopefully one day will come back. Um, and so part of each session, I get people in from our business community to come and talk about what they're doing now, but their career pathway as well. So what they wanted to do at school, um, what they ended up doing after school, as in study-wise, and then how that sort of got them to where they are now. Because there are so many roundabout sort of ways, isn't there? Like it's not just so this many. one path to get to where you're going to. So, um, yeah, we've had some interesting people come in and, and chat to the kids about that. Um, but yeah, I think, well, if you have a look at, I guess, my um, journey to date, you know, I have really always been involved in ag, but I didn't actually realise that I was involved in ag. So um, yeah, I think because agriculture is so diverse, and there are so many ways um, that you can be employed in the sector, it's so important to, um, yeah, just keep looking at those opportunities. And it's such a beautiful industry or sector to be to be involved in I think you know everybody that you meet if you're involved in ag you're so passionate about it and um, yeah I just encourage young kids to um, experiment look around but um, yeah keep your eyes open for any opportunities and just have a crack because who knows you know where something will will take you absolutely Oh, I love that. And thank you so much, Simone, for jumping on and sharing your story um, on the Humans of Agriculture podcast, but as part of this Antola series. It's been awesome to chat to you. And it's been great to be here. Thanks so much, Ollie. I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Simone. I think what was really fascinating about it was how she's talking about the road in, not only through her own business, but then actually creating George and 
going after it for herself. Some of those highs and lows and the turning points of opportunity and where everything began really for them at the Sydney Easter Show. We look forward to joining you again next Wednesday. We've got a couple of these double episode weeks coming up because we've just got too many absolutely incredible guests that we want to share their stories with you. If you've got any questions, queries, thoughts, concerns, or just want to have a yarn, reach out to us at Humans of Agriculture with an underscore or flick me an email, ollie at humansofagriculture.com. Stay safe, stay sane.